From the time that microclimate was pretty much the sole destination for nightlife on Linden to today when the street is busy with places to go, live music has always been a big part of the scene. From folk and jazz jams at Micro to the bands coming to the Linden Social Club to the corner of Castle and Linden where you can find live music almost every night at Kashong Creek Craft Cider. from Kashong Creek Craft Cider. Wow, Dan, I don't think we've been here since a very dusty podcast when we recorded when you were getting ready to open, and now it's been a year and two months? Yeah, something like, something like that. I think, uh, I think we're looking at 15 months now, almost 14 months. How's it going? I mean, I come in and it's there's a crowd here and there are a lot of regulars. How's it going from your side of the bar? Uh, I mean, it, it feels great to sit here on the other side of that much time but it doesn't feel like it um you know it's it it's it seems like only yesterday that we were sitting here and the wall wasn't there separating us from the beer and sausage and the linden and there was dust flying around and we had the um the makeshift table that we were sitting around drinking cider so it's it's cool to it's cool to think about it and reflect back on all that time but it really doesn't feel it really doesn't feel like that long. And I think part of why the time has gone by so quickly and part of the reason to get together and talk now is because you've been staying uncommonly busy and one of the, the ways you've been doing that is that this corner has really become the place that you can rely on to hear music almost every night of the week. Tonight, we're recording on a Wednesday, it will be Wes. Wes, um, man, you've been just killing it. You've been, how long have you been doing Wednesdays here? Well, we started uh, last November, I believe. Um, we work with the Speakeasy Society, and uh, it's a local poetry group. And um, Daniel's, you know, been gracious enough to have us here a bunch of times over the, the time that he's been open. And um, we did a celebration of uh, Wu Tang with the poetry group um, over a year, a year and a half ago, I think. And um, it was something that I think everybody really enjoyed. I think everybody even around here in upstate New York can agree as far as hip-hop that uh, Wu-Tang Clan is the pretty good uh, group that makes music that people uh, can vibe on, you know. So we, uh, we had a good night, and then uh, in November, uh, Daniel said that he was looking to uh, start, you know, uh, thing on Wednesday nights and we got to talking about the Wu-Tang Wednesday idea and uh, you know we've done just about every Wednesday give or take since November aside from some snowstorms and some uh, <laughs> colds I think that uh, you know we've had since then but um, you know it's cool uh, I, I really appreciate hip-hop and you know uh, Dan and I have agreed on several occasions you know there's there's definitely that kind of essence and that kind of spirit in the area you know and um that's something that we uh 
kind of both enjoy ourselves, dance into the history of hip hop culture, you know, as well as myself, and I think a lot of people around here. So um, it's something that you know we've been building on, uh, thankfully, um, you know, and. We're looking forward to tonight. Last week we had a good night with a handful of different artists. There's some new artists, you know, and, and the cool thing about Geneva is you get artists, uh, some of them have roots in New York City, whether it's for the college or for, uh, you know, whatever reason, them being here, maybe with family or a girlfriend lives here or something. Um, but, uh, you know, there's an eclectic, you know, society kind of community where you know, uh, different races, different nationalities. We've even had on certain occasions some folks uh, on a Wu-Tang Wednesday come in. Um, two weeks ago, there was a guy here from Ohio uh, that, you know, is really into hip-hop in Ohio, and he was just in here drinking, and he said he really appreciated the vibes, and he hung out for a good couple hours, you know, uh, having some drinks and just vibing with what was going on. So whether it's one person or whether it's, you know, 30 to 40 people, I think on our best night we've had, you know, 30 people, 35 people, hopefully, you know, but, uh, you know, whether it's one or, you know, however many, you know, we just hope everybody kind of leaves realizing that, you know, there's a lot of people that are vibing on uh, some really good stuff around here, you know, so. Wes, I want to come back and talk a little bit about what you and I were talking about off mic, about sort of how the music has ebbed and flowed in Geneva, because you've seen a lot of it here. But I also want to come back to something that I think you touched on that we saw last Sunday, Dan. We had the uh, songwriter showcase in here that Austin McRae brought in with uh, Quona Hudson and Emily Barnes. I think you would probably agree. I was here for that. I think you'd probably agree. Most of the people who were in here were not in here for the songwriters. And as the night progressed, people who came in to get a drink were shushing other people to hear the music. Are you finding that people walk in looking for a drink and end up sticking around and saying, wow, I had no idea this was going on in town. This is great. Yeah, I think absolutely. It's, um, you know, it's, it's great to see that part of it as well. You know, we're, we don't do a great job with uh, social media and uh, advertising or things like that. But I think what's happened is that we've built a reputation here to on any given night know that you're going to walk into something like that but i think that a lot of people do come in just you know to meet other people or to have a drink and you know just relax a little bit but the cool part about the room being small and the environment and the culture we're trying to create here uh you know it's really like being at home and it's it it turns into a show and the music is is the way that it is uh and that's to me that's the special feeling where you can have background noise and you can have people playing live music or DJing or doing things like that that just sort of adds to the room a little bit. But then, you know, when we get it right and when the music is like it was this past Sunday with those three amazing musicians, it's it's hard not to pay attention and it's hard not to do that with the company of the people around you. So I think that the show element is just as important as everything else that we're doing here at the bar. So Wes, how important is somebody who really can speak to music in Geneva? Is it to have like the absolute full-on, no-holds-barred support of somebody like Dan, who basically says, I want to make this a music room? 
What does that mean for a community of musicians like this? I think Dan's given a home to a lot of musicians and um, even what they're building on Sundays with the open jam and, um, you know, ourselves, we've been lucky enough to jam here a handful of times uh, with our group and um, just to be able to have some place to set up and, um, you know, kind of reach out and share what you're doing with strangers. You know, people obviously come here from all over the place. Personally, I think this place is sweet. I remember standing like right over there as a kid buying sheet music when this was Martin Music, you know. So it's pretty amazing and uh, pretty phenomenal what Daniel's done over the years with this place and creating uh, a venue, which I think even the folks that owned Martin Music would pretty uh, find pretty cool because, you know, this was a place for years that people came and bought sheet music or bought vinyl records or you know uh i remember being a paper boy and walking uh towards to to area records down genesee street here and you know i would walk down the street and this is the place that you saw all the time the martin music sign and stuff you know and now you see daniel's got it you know lit up pretty amazingly with the lights and you know the whole kashong theme i think you know growing up here too we always used to go swimming and go jumping off the falls out of kashong glen down 14 there and just having that essence downtown now and the name and everything he's doing I think it's uh it's like 110 percent you know I want to come back to that too because um, I, I love the the continuity that you can provide of the fact that this was a music store now it's a music venue um Dan we've spent a certain amount of time talking about what you're doing for music and how you're supporting it but what do you need from people to make this successful what do you need you know what is it that you want every night for people when they come in and and check the music out i mean it's it's part of the same struggle that you know we deal with um with the whole concept behind the bar too or carrying uh spirits and beers and ciders that aren't um aren't as well known and you know we don't have the name brands that people are used to seeing when they go into a place so you know the the challenge for the music is almost the same where the the room is is too small to support this much music you know in theory and you know my hope and the investment that we're putting in here is that we're going to push back on that you know we're going to push back on the idea that it needs to be it needs to be a certain way it needs to cost a certain much uh, so when people come in, the only thing I expect is for them to enjoy what's here. And, you know, f- they've been doing that. It's, it's, it's a really natural thing to, um, you know, to, to it, it speaks to what kind of music I'm bringing in, the way people are responding to it, the way people are responding to what we're doing here. And we're just going to keep adapting to give back to the community that way, too, because without their support, this wouldn't have been a concept to begin with. Uh, because it's, you know, before Kashong opened up even, we were, uh, you know, I'd be in Ithaca and see five cars of people from people from Geneva on a Wednesday going to um, reggae night, you know, at the dock and driving 45 minutes away, paying a cover, going in it, you know, on a Wednesday night really showed that this community was hungry for it. So to be able to have that at home and to be able to bring, sustain the quality of music we have here It'll only work if we keep pushing it together the same way that I think that that hunger's been there forever anyway. 
Wes, you mentioned area records, and uh, a couple of weeks ago, I had the good fortune to sit for an hour with Matt McGinley nice. and talk to Matt about, especially about what he's working on now, uh, working on music for podcasts. And, you know, we talked, of course, about gym class and everything else, but we talked about area records being really influential and formative for him. Tell me a little bit about growing up and, and being a, a baby musician in Geneva. When did you get started playing? Is that something that you did taking lessons in the schools on your own? How, do, how does it begin for you? Um, well, for me, it was always like a family thing. My grandfather played the ukulele and the harmonica. Uh, my father's uncles, you know, my father's uncles, he's got a handful of uncles and then cousins. My, my father's brother was a lead singer, guitar player of a band when he was in high school and stuff. Uh, locally between like here in Auburn and Canandaigua, I think. But, um, you know, growing up here, uh, I used to deliver the papers down in the quote-unquote ghetto, as I called it, but it was like down by Uncle Joe's in the Avenue A, Avenue B, C, D area. And then I would walk home every week, or I'd walk down to Area Records and buy either a cassette single or a tape with the money that I collected. And I remember being like 11 years old, listening to a Michael Jackson album and uh, telling my folks that, you know, that's what I wanted to do with my life. And, um, you know, over the years, it's awesome because, I mean, I've had friends, you know, uh, that I was in a band with even, you know, Andrew Dixon, um, very successful doctor, uh, uh, Dr. Dixon, his son, Andrew, we were in a band together growing up and Andrew's on tour now with a national country act. Um, my friend Sean Smith and his brothers, you know, I'm sure you know Rob Smith. Rob plays all over with Junkyard Field Trip and uh, some different groups. And then um, Dan Smith. Like, there's a, there's a bunch of guys that have left here that we grew up with that have carried on and that have, uh, you know, moved on. Even gym class. I mean, Travis and I spent time in my studio in my parents' garage together for a while we have a couple tunes that we recorded together and um you know talked about some ideas and sharing some uh, different inspirations and stuff but um you know and matt mcginley even lived three houses down from me growing up you know on cherry street so um it's it's cool to see i think you know when we were kids even when there was a music scene when i was about 15 in geneva 16 years old um, it's cool to see how when we were kids everybody felt like yo we gotta go here and some people moved to Tennessee and some people moved to California and some people moved to New York City but now it's like you know what you look at Rochester and you look at Syracuse and you look at these places and there's musicians now coming to Geneva which you know working at, I, I, I worked uh, five years at the Club 86 and I worked four years at the Geneva Country Club for the Gots who have a huge history of bringing in music. Uh, you know, the Club 86, you can go there now and see plaques on the wall or the contracts from Tony Bennett and Dizzy Gillespie and Ella Fitzgerald and Nat King Cole. And these people used to come to Geneva. You know, the railroad used to bring them in. Lehigh Valley would bring them into town from the army depot and the soldiers and the people during the war times. And they would come into Geneva. It was a boom town before Rochester was even settled. And a lot of people don't pay attention to that. But, I mean, you know, to see it now, somebody even told me once it could be lore or, you know, whatever, or just a story. But somebody said once that the Doors played in the quad at Hobart. 
And I mean, I've seen fish. 1992, I saw a fish at uh, the Smith Opera House. You know, I mean, however many years ago that was. And I mean, however many years they were into it at that point, fish still played at the Smith Opera House, 1992. So it's cool to see, you know, we've always had this dynamic, but for a while people, I think, shied away from it and felt there was more importance in bigger areas. And now, you know, people like Daniel, people like you know, Dave and Wendy down the street, and, you know, uh, there's, there's a lot of different people getting involved in, you know, creating that energy and that presence right here, you know, so uh, we don't have to go anywhere, you know, to see, like, certain live music and stuff. I mean, Natalie Merchant's played at the Smith Opera House, and uh, the, the Whalers and Dave Matthews and you know what I mean the list goes on and on the Indigo Girls you know so I think um, and I think any of those people would enjoy Geneva I mean what's not to enjoy you go outside right now it's 80 degrees you got the lake right there I mean it's like being on vacation so hopefully you know like Daniel said everybody embrace it and you know people come together and network and work together and uh, hopefully it can only become stronger and more viable for not only the community, but the individual people that have been working on it, you know. Well, Dan, you can speak to that firsthand because you remember how you and I really met? It was the night that, so Lucinda Williams oh, came to right. town with yeah. her band. Yeah, yeah. And my friend Corey was at that time her, her, her sound engineer. And they were a little bit unsure that this, they, they got their night off. You know, every, every touring band gets a night off and their night off was going to be in Geneva. And there was a little bit of, well, what do we do in Geneva? We don't, we've never heard of this community. And everything ended up over at Micro with the band and with a bunch of locals. And, and James was behind the bar that night. I'd called ahead and said, you know, the, the band's going to grab some, some food at Beef and Brew. And then they're, gonna, they're looking for some place to go. And this was right on the cusp of everything just exploding on Linden yeah, Street. Right. And they, her husband, who's their tour manager wrote this great long piece that he put up on social media, put up on Facebook about what an amazing experience they had coming to Geneva and the vibe of the town and everything. And I think that that's something that, that, you know, we see, you know, that was the first night that I met you and, and, and you were really, you know, I think a big part of that. I think, I mean, that, that was a big moment for me too. It, it solidified, a lot of the energy that you see out of a lot of us now, at least for me, because I'm sitting there with with James at Microclimate and again in Geneva on Linden Street and like you said on the cusp of, you know, right before all of this was even still here with the Linden and with Kashong. And I'm sitting there having a glass of wine with Lucinda Lucinda Williams, you know, and there's seven people in there total and most of them are in her band and 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 then I, you know, I'm just sitting there thinking to myself, like, this is like, how cool is this, and how cool can this be, you know, if, if, if this is a spot that, you know, this can happen. And again, with the Smith Opera House is going to be a huge catalyst to that. I know um, a lot of people like yourself, Kelly, have been working really hard on just keeping that place alive through, you know, I think, you know, what we'll look back on as a pretty dark time in, for Geneva and really like before before the culmination of all of these ideas of all of this energy that you know this motivation for change and investment and growth and food and beverage and entertainment um you know it's a tough time to keep a theater like that going you know and keep it in good standing and i think now 
because of that work and because of that commitment, the Smith can stand as a beacon for Geneva. I mean, like Wes said, there's been some big acts that come through there. And yeah, I can do all I can to bring music into this tiny bar, and so can a lot of other people around. But what the Smith can do is is bring those big names in. And when once those big names are in, like you know, like we saw at Microclimate with Lucinda Williams, I mean, they're gonna they're gonna be coming downtown. They're gonna be taking pictures at you know other bars, other spots, and they're gonna take that with them on the road and share that experience with other people. And I think that. You know, to a smaller extent, is what's been happening with the tourists and the visitors that we've had. Because, you know, a group comes in from Rochester and they tell their friends how much fun they had, and now their friends come back from Rochester, and it's only 45 minutes away. We get tourists coming in from all over the country and all over the world that might have their one visit here that they'll remember. But, you know, it's that micro tourism from spots that they can come for the weekend come for the night very easily that is going to really bring us the kind of you know attendance that we're really going to need and again those big acts are just going to are just going to um lift that to a a place that i think that is really going to put us over the edge yeah a lot of great people come to geneva but you touched on this wes Geneva's given back musically with both hands. I mean, the Geneva Music Festival's underway right now, and that's a classical music festival that was founded by three local musicians, all of whom are making a living as classical musicians. And it's a tough field, and it's competitive because there aren't that many positions open, and they're all doing it, so they're bringing music back. You talk about Travis, and you talk about Matt, and we talk about gym class. What is it about, you know, th- there, this is a really active scene. You know, you've got several bands. You've got, you know, Shrimps. You've got all of these bands that are making music. What is it about Geneva? You know, did you play music in the schools here? Because Matt speaks just glowingly of how supportive his music teachers were in the schools. What is it about Geneva that that is so receptive, encouraging, and nurturing of music? I think... It's a number of things. I think it's the parents. Um, I know my folks have had a huge influence in me uh, over the years. Uh, you know, my mother got me to take piano lessons in fourth grade. I started playing bass in sixth grade. In between there, I made a slight attempt at slide trombone. Uh, trombone. Um, I always dreamt of playing guitar. I used to have dreams of uh, playing guitar on stage, which I never really understood because I was a bass player in the band I was in at the time. But, um, you know, now that I'm older myself, with a couple projects that I work with, I play guitar and sing and uh, do some, some rapping with it. But I think, you know, especially with the hip-hop, I think the diversity of Geneva, I mean, I've grown up, and it's weird to see, you know, the state that America's in right now, even as far as, like, ethnicity issues and you know, people uh, dealing with certain things from day to day. I mean, sometimes I feel like it baffles me because, I mean, I grew up with, you know, uh, kids with different ethnicities all over the map being in Geneva. And, you know, I don't view anybody myself personally by uh, what they look like or where they come from. It's more about, you know, what they're into and how they're vibing to like what tunes or what music they're into. And I think that's a common ground, you know, for most people around here over the years. And I think uh, you see it 
You know, we've seen it even with the Speakeasy Society back when, you know, Tatiana and Jack were doing the Leaf Kitchen down at 1 Franklin Square even. You know, Brady and Joe and guys that put the shrimps together in the past so many years and, you know, um, lots of different acts, um, you know, and musicians have come together. Even like tonight, there's the X-Tempo thing, uh, you know, the same time Wu-Tang Wednesday's going on. But, you know, there's musicians that get together, and even with the Wu-Tang Wednesday, Joe Calabrese has come and played bass with us. There's, like, a commonality, and I think people like just vibing to good vibes, you know? And I think, you know, um, when I was in school, personally, high school, there was a lot of issues with uh, different ethnic relations and things, and I think... You know, for me personally, I used to find myself skipping school and sitting home in my parents' garage and just, you know, vibing on my bass guitar for hours. It got me in a lot of trouble, but it also kept me out of a lot of trouble, too. You know what I mean? So I think, you know, there's a lot of guys and girls, I think, that are into it that, you know, when you really develop uh, what I guess people would say is a talent or whatever, a focus, it's um, also a way to study yourself and kind of steer yourself, uh, navigate yourself through day to day, you know, as far as keeping your head on straight and moving forward progressively. You know what I mean? Like, um, there's, there's lots of different things I think we could fall into as far as, uh, you know, even musicians. You know, this past year we just had to say goodbye to Chris Cornell and the whole music world. And, um, you know, that's always hit home with me because growing up loving grunge, you know, to see some of these guys reach levels of success that I've always considered a dream come true and still not seem to be satisfied or still not seem to be, you know, content for whatever reason, it's always made me think, okay, you know, then it's more important to focus our energy and our talent into the community and kind of bring that alive for, you know, I mean, like even Brady, Brady has, you know, beautiful children. And I'm sure, you know, when he's writing his music and doing what he's doing, you know, they're in his mind and the community's in his mind, you know what I mean? And I think that basis is, you know, uh, to the degree of what everybody's kind of uh, here for. We're all here. We all live in the Finger Lakes for uh, probably a similar reason, whether, you know, it's the summer times or the lake exposure or you know the camaraderie of the businesses or the people in the community whatever the case may be you know um, I just think it's like a commonality uh, that a lot of folks have kind of been able to vibe on over the years and you know music you look at the beatnik generation and all that I mean that was alive and thriving right here over you know the years 50s 60s 70s you know so I think that that soul and that essence lives here and you know you just see more and more now of uh, the people that have been putting their time into it and really kind of dedicating a vision you know so well and Dan you haven't just been sitting on the audience side of things you've been picking your guitar up for open mic and such here <laughs> yeah I mean it's 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 intoxicating, you know, it's a really contagious thing, you know, I think like a lot of what Wes is saying is true too, I mean, it's a, it's a unifying element and it's hard not to want to be a part of it. Um, you know, the other thing I wanted to add too, I mean, it really is something that I think takes leadership. So, you know, when I look at when I was trying to tap into the local community when it comes to music also, it was kind of a no-brainer hooking up with Wes, obviously, in the Speakeasy Society and what they do for not only music, but spoken word and just, you know, 
uh, like artistic release in general, um, you know, in front of people and with your peers. Uh, and then also, you know, people like Michael Gonzalez, you know, Gonzo, you know, to me, I basically call the music general of Geneva, uh, working with Flema and uh, X-Tempo. And, you know, a lot of the acts that I've had come through here have been people that have somehow been connected with him um, or the Speakeasy Society. And just now, that, like, it, it's just new networks of, of branches of this, this family that keeps growing and keeps... I mean, it, it's hard to imagine even after, you know, a short few months working with somebody, them not being a part of that family. Uh, and I think that, you know, Geneva's really good at rallying behind commonalities that way. So, yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll pick my guitar up because I get to, you know, on like Sundays. But to me, it's more just about um, it's more just about really just wanting to be a part of it, you know, and, and almost feeling like I need to and. It's sort of the same reason that, you know, I, I feel obligated to bring so much music in here that way. Well, and I mean, like you say, you've got the Wu-Tang Wednesday Terrapin Thursday, Open Mic Sunday, and other folks coming in almost every other night of the week. Yeah. Well, and he's being pretty humble, man. I've heard him play guitar and <laughs> blow on that harmonica, and Daniel's got some definite skills for sure. So uh, he's not only the business owner, but he's definitely, you know, one of the the better musicians that gets down up in here you know so not that i'm an authority i just you know been grateful enough to be a part of it myself over the years you know yeah well so. people keep coming out to hear you play so you're doing something right we're working on it man <laughs> keep trying to build every day for sure and and, and also i mean uh, to go back to like wu-tang wednesday too i mean um we haven't really talked too much about what it actually is but um when wes and i started talking about i mean the, this whole thing started for the you know you know like wes said we they did the speakeasy society did a wu-tang speakeasy uh at sideshow uh that i was able to sneak away and get to and i just i couldn't get enough of that couldn't get enough of people just getting up out of their seat and picking up the microphone because they hear these beats that, you know, that maybe have been put away in their life and their library for a long time. And then that, you know, you know, gravel pit kicks back on and all of a sudden like those that those their head starts going and those beats start going back into their head and they'll pick up the microphone and, and get up there. And just to hear just to hear those, you know, those people connect that way to that was was huge for me. And I remember talking to Wes and Dan, Dan Tamari. Uh, they wanted to do another speakeasy here at Kashong, and I was like, I want to do, I want to do a hip hop speakeasy, and so we did the Tribe Called Quest speakeasy here, and that was a lot of fun. And then I went to Wes, and I was like, I want, I want Wu Tang, and I want it every week, and I want it to just be hip hop, you know. And and again, hip, you know, people people hear that and they think they're gonna come here. And it's just like it's you know some version of rap that they're they have in their head, and and really, you know, the only the only thing that, you know, that Wes and I really care about with using the word hip hop is the spirit of it, is the way that the way that it came alive and the way that it's been kept alive, um, even though it's not as present as, you know, we would all hope that it would be in our all our lives and in our community as well. But um, being, you know, and like you said, we have college kids get up there. We have locals get up there, tourists get up there, people that didn't expect to get up there. And now we're finding more and more of these pockets of talent of, of kids that, you know, maybe were, were never even held a mic or just, 
you know, sort of freestyling on the back of, you know, beats that they hear in the car or, you know, at home and to hear them get up there and, and just, again, freestyle or, or even just go off of a riff that they've had in their head. And it's, it makes the hair stand up on your skin, you know, to, to like see that and to see the way they light up when they do that. I mean, that's, that's a real powerful thing. So it's that that night in particular it's not about filling the bar and not about selling drinks uh at least to me because you know we opened that one up to anyone under 21 uh Wes and I have been talking about trying to get uh some rides out to you know areas like Canandaigua where there's kids that might you know really want to be here but don't have the transportation uh to do that and you know we're going to start recording some of them also and you know like you said, like we're into the history of, of hip hop too. And the way that I think that it really sort of took off and found its, its place, um, in, you know, American culture has been through sharing of tapes and through, you know, that, that next day aspect, you know, where it happened and it's something that like now we're talking about, now we're remembering, now we're carrying into our everyday life. And, and you know we want to try to at least try to bring back a small modicum of that you know into this community that's really ripe for it right now yeah i've always thought myself too even with the hip-hop thing man like if you look at america and you look at you know uh like i think slash from guns and roses was quoted saying one time like he's he's mixed one of his parents you know was african-american one was british and he always said he thought it was interesting you had at one point in rock and roll you had you know african-american individuals emulating you know maybe some american artists uh you know with the beatnik thing and and some of the jazz and the blues and then you had you know your british artists mimicking you know uh your american artists you know it went both ways like you know americans were emulating british british were emulating americans and i think when you look at blues and you look at funk and you look at you know, even reggae and some of these musics, like, they all fundamentally have a place in hip-hop music. And I think, you know, like, we talk about musicians and we talk about, you know, like, people coming down here and playing guitars. I mean, hip-hop originated because kids were living in projects and ghettos in the late 70s, early 80s, and their parents couldn't afford instruments. So they sat there with broken-down record players and found instrumental loops in their parents' record collection and started learning how to run those back, so to speak, you know, scratching or whatever you want to call it, but they would loop a beat and then just express themselves or that soul that plays guitar or plays harmonica or plays ukulele, that soul that speaks through instruments was still finding a way to speak, you know, without necessarily knowing how to play guitar or knowing how to you know even play an instrument so that's you know one thing myself even and and with the, the the cultural diversity of it you know it doesn't matter what color you are it doesn't matter how much money you make it doesn't matter what you look like it doesn't matter you know where you come from if you got a good flow people are going to respond to it you know what i mean just like if you can play a good guitar solo people are going to respond to it and i look at hip-hop music like you know, a solo guitarist will play a guitar solo note for note. A hip-hop artist will spit a verse word for word. You know what I mean? So the note and the word are the same thing, 
just said differently. You know what I mean? So it's it's interesting to see. But you know, like like Daniel was saying. I mean, one of my buddies. I met a guy through the hobby shop. Um, his name is Luis, and uh, you know, really great guy. I mean, we met on on talking about radio controlled vehicles. And one night, you know, I was setting up in here on a Wednesday. And he was walking by where the post office is with one of his friends. And he was like, what are you doing, you know? And so we started talking. And I said, you know, we're doing Wu-Tang Wednesday. And he was like, hip-hop? He was like, you? He was like, man. He was like, he came in and, and checked it out. He ended up grabbing the mic and just flowing in Spanish. He had the whole, I mean, there was, you know, 15 people here, maybe give or take. But however many people were here were captivated. Because this dude just came up, grabbed the microphone, and started spitting in Spanish. And, you know, I mean, like Daniel was saying, I mean, like, these the people live here. You know what I mean? We got a guy that got down with a speakeasy one night down at the Red Dove um, named Herman. And, uh, you know, he's he's been an employee here. I think he's worked, you know. But he's been in for some Wu-Tang Wednesdays. But not only is he a phenomenal poet, but he's a phenomenal beatboxer. And, um, you know, he just graduated from Hobart, you know. So, I mean, you know, again, like Daniel said, we've had, you know, Hobart Williams. So we even had a couple of William Smith girls get up and rap about Cam's pizza. <laughs> you know, So, I mean, like, you know, it, it's definitely something, you know, uh, one thing one thing that I think I've noticed over the years is, you know, the, the dynamics of Geneva. You get the college scholastic months where, you know, the... Uh, the kids from school kind of influence the flow, the ebb and the flow of Geneva, you know, not only business but politics and things. And then, you know, after the kids leave, you know, th this time of year we get more of the tourist aspect of Geneva with the people from out of town passing through for weddings or getaways or whatever the case may be. But I feel like, you know, regardless of who's coming through town, like Wu-Tang Wednesday is something that, you know, anybody can feel comfortable coming to and you're going to see a diverse uh, example of our community and a diverse example of the talent that exists around here, you know. Um, even the past couple weeks, you know, on Wednesdays, we've had a very prominent doctor from Finger Lakes Health come in and, um, you know, hang out. You know, and sometimes we don't just freestyle. We play some classic 90s hip-hop throughout the, the evening. And sometimes, you know, hip-hop gets a little edgy, <laughs> you know, so, uh, but it's interesting because he's just chilling and he loves it, you know what I mean? And it's cool to see that diversity again, you know, uh, it's, it's something that I think can break down walls and bring this community even closer together over time, hopefully, you know, so. Well, Dan, thank you. Look how far it's come in just since the last time we sat down in here when it was under construction. Imagine where it'll be in 15 more months. Yeah. It's, it's hard to think about, but it's, you know, I think I, I mentioned when we were talking about Austin's thing that this is, you know, this is, I, I feel like, you know, I feel like a little, a little kid, like in a grocery store, just reaching for things that I want. And um, all of this, like all of what's happened at Kishong, I feel like everybody, I think that's why so many people feel comfortable in here. I feel like everybody's come in and put their mark on the one we all did this together, whether it's the music, you know, the artwork on the wall that from the local artists, you know, the stickers in the bathroom. It's, this is, you know, to me, I want to be a representation of, of just our community and, and who we are together. So, you know, I can't, I can't take even, even a little bit of, of, of a credit for the way that it's evolved this way, because I couldn't even have imagined it myself back then. So, 
So I really appreciate, especially support from people like you too, Kelly. I mean, helping me with the speakers up That's there, <laughs> and um, you know, a lot of you know, and you saw me too. I was I was lost trying to figure out how to even get house sound in yeah. here, um, you know, and and now to see how much live music we have, it's it's a really cool thing. Wes, thanks for coming in. Thank it's good you. to have you on mic, man. Hey, thank you, and thank you for all that you've been doing, man. You're not, you know, you've been pretty busy uh, with uh, the live from Linden, and you've been busy with the college and the community. So, you know, everybody, I think, again, has that interest and sees that potential, and you're definitely, you know, uh, one of those individuals that not only has the know-how but the, uh, the position you know, to make stuff happen. So. It pays off. It pays back. If you if you give into it, it pays back, doesn't it? It for does. Sure. Thank you. Thank you, Kelly. And thank you for listening. You know, this podcast only scratches the surface of all of the great musicians who are playing in and around Geneva and throughout the Finger Lakes and the rich musical history of the region. Get out and hear some live music. It is so important to support the musicians and the venues and the people who keep this such a vibrant scene. And speaking of, our theme music was provided courtesy of our good friends, Shrimps. Thanks again for listening. We'll see you on Linden.